You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 42, how to detect a mold concern. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. February is almost like January went by like this, but February went by even faster. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. We talked about 2019 flying by and it seems like 2020 is doing the same thing. So all I know is this is getting us closer to no snow. Our listeners are probably <laughs> like, okay, we get it. It snows there. It snows a lot here. Well, and, 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 and just divulge the other piece it's getting you closer to fishing that's what i was gonna say next <laughs> is is that i i need to uh i need to take that plow off the side by side and be going up to the lake every evening to fish <laughs> so that's what i'm waiting for exactly so today we're talking about detecting a mold concern so a lot of people i mean obviously we've talked about this mold is naturally occurring so it's not like there's ever going to be zero mold but how do people who may not have the expertise that you have, how do they actually detect a mold concern? Obviously, when you first... So, most people don't look at it and go, oh, I'm getting sick and it's a mold issue. For the most part, nobody... I When I get calls to go do inspections or consultations or whatever I'm hired to do, it's nobody's ever called me and said, yeah, you know, I've been sick for like three weeks straight and I think it's mold. It's kind of crazy, but my point is, is for the most part, most people, I'm not going to say just homeowners because you don't have to own a home to to have mold sickness. They don't seem too concerned until they can visibly see it. And so that at that point, yeah, you, you can, you can see the mold. And we talked about this in our last episode, even as a mold inspector, I can't call it mold. I have to call it suspected mold or mold-like substance. But 
I tell my clients, we all know it's mold. It's just a liability issue. So when you visibly see it, you know you have an issue. You can smell it also. And is it always that you can smell it? No. So mold, what's very interesting about mold is, is different mold types, so different mold species have different smells to them. And have you ever been on a a bed with me where we walk in there and it's just reeks of urine? Yes. And you're like, oh, this is pet urine. And sometimes it's pet urine, but there's certain molds that can smell like urine. Yeah. Um, You know, so every mold, yes, does have a smell to it, but it can have a different smell than what we call a moldy smell. Uh, We covered, and I can't remember, you know, as far as... I wrote it in a book or we talk about it in a podcast, but, but there are differences between like a musty, moldy odor versus just a stale odor. Does that make sense? So an odor, like you walk into a home that's been vacant for three months yeah. versus you walk into a home that, that has a mold issue, whether it was vacant or not. Does that make sense? But what's the difference? Because I always think that I can smell mold if it smells like an old home smell. And you're saying they're different. To me, if I walk in a home and it smells old and musty, then there's probably mold. But you're saying they're different. So I remember I said this in in one of my books. And I said, if you go into your grandparents' home and you smell urine, it could be mold or it could be grandpa's. (laughs) Depends. So so to me, it depends on what you say an old home smell is. Because we all... I remember we did this episode right around Thanksgiving about going to your aunt's house and having issues. You, you know, we all go to, you know, let's just say your uncle's house and and it just has that weird smell to it. And it could be a, he doesn't wear deodorant smell. Or you can go to your grandparents' house and it smells like a rest home smell. That's, to me, it's like an old people's smell. Yeah, but, you know, but here's the thing. As I get older, I'm starting to realize why you go into older people's homes and it's like 85 degrees. Because as you get older, you get colder. So you walk in their house and it's stuffy. It feels humid. It feels hot. So right. isn't that just a natural precursor to mold-like substances when they keep their house yeah, when it's that warm, humid and yeah. that hot? But mold typically, depending on the mold type, it likes damp, cool areas. Oh. But different fungi, which is obviously mold, they like, you know, think of your, like, of a, a, a yeast in your breads. It has to be warm for those to become active. So, so yeah, it is the perfect breeding grounds. But, but... What I want to just be clear on is, is what I was trying to say is there's a, there's a, there's a difference between that. Well, depending on what rest home or grandparents home, there's a difference between that old person, old home smell versus a moldy smell. And, and what I mean by that is is you just don't really know for sure, honestly. Yeah. And it, it just goes back to don't, don't just say, well, this bathroom always has smelled this way. So that's okay. Just because it's always been that way doesn't mean it's okay. Well, but I also think people think that if there isn't a moldy smell in their home, then they don't have a mold problem. Right. Right. It's okay. So, so, so to focus on that, yeah, you can definitely, so when I said all molds have an odor to them, that, that is true, but you could have a mold issue behind a wall cavity or down in a crawl space that it's in the air. And you can be inhaling those spores. You just don't smell it. Now, if you went down in there, you could smell it. Okay. So so to answer your question, I understand now what you're saying. 
just because you don't smell it doesn't mean it's not there. Exactly. So, I mean, yeah. you know, usually like a poopy diaper, it's not a poopy <laughs> diaper unless there's a smell to <laughs> exactly. it. The mold, you just might not, you don't know where, you can't see it. So, and, and especially in situations where, like, you obviously you can't see the mold spores, and maybe you don't even see visible mold because it's behind yeah. the sheet rock or under the They could be flooring. microscopic, but... For some reason, I don't know why, last week's episode, I couldn't spit the word out. And you just said it. Just so y'all know, I, I don't know it was one of those days. But yeah, it could be. It could be something that you can't see. So if you can't see it because it's underneath the subflooring in your bathroom, what are the signs of a mold infestation that maybe you should be on the lookout for, even if you can't visibly see or smell? Like, like you know, we just talked about it, uh, about equipment you should have, like have a humidity gauge in your home. It could be elevated humidity. It could be a recent flood. It could be, you know, don't just focus on, oh, I have to see it or smell it. Um, you know, there could be a child that's normally healthy, he's developed some weird cough and you don't know why, you know, was there a recent event that caused it? So, so, Pay attention to your surroundings with everything, not just, you know, like I was saying earlier, clients don't call till they can actually see it. Don't wait till you can visibly see it. Pay attention to humidity, people's health, um, recent events, stuff like that. Isn't it also important to, to understand when you're paying attention to those things that mold affects people differently? And so you might have a child who already has asthma and other issues and then all of a sudden you notice that they're even sicker and their immune system is responding but everybody else in the house is fine but i think a lot of times people will go well everybody else is fine so it must be just this child's right. general demeanor how do you start to i know you say document and journal but how do you start to make the link of maybe the reason why grandma is sicker in the last three months is because we had a water heater bust loose and a moisture intrude. How do you make those connections when mold affects everybody in the house differently? One thing that I like to say is, is just awareness. I mean, don't, don't just go, well, it's grandma getting sick because she's older. You do need to document that stuff. You need to bring in the mold specialist. You know, we talk about it. I do phone consults. Obviously we don't, if you're not here in Wyoming, we I'm not going to, I'd love to this time of year. I'd love to fly to Florida and do a mold <laughs> inspection, but get a hold of the right people. Talk to your doctor about it. Um, mold. So I read an article just the other day and I don't remember if I shared it with you. Um, when I say shared, it showed it to you where there was, there was toxic mold present, but they claimed it was at a low enough level that it was safe. Mm -hmm. And then, but then there were the, there were these other mold types and the first thing, you know, the, the aha moment in my head was, well, this was a professional company saying this. And the first thing I thought of is, is what you just said, mold affects everybody differently. So don't think you have to have toxic mold present for you to be sick. Yeah. Your child that's asthmatic is more prone to having negative reactions to any anything in the home as far as air quality, get your doctor involved, get a mold specialist involved. But the worst thing you can do is put it off until you see an actual mold problem. Exactly. Well, and, and when they, you know, I think sometimes people are, they don't know who to call. So they call their doctor and their doctor doesn't have enough 
mold knowledge to say, hire this professional or do that. If somebody's thinking about hiring a mold professional to actually detect and test mold, what should a good mold professional be doing to detect the mold in the home? Well, they need to do what you love to call the CSI investigation. You you don't, so you don't want to call, let's just say, and there are competitors, you don't want to call a restoration company and say, hey, can you come run air test for us? Because if you have them do that, guess what you're going to get? Yeah, they're just the air test. Exactly. I mean, you need somebody that, that does the CSI investigation. You need to make sure, and I, I read about this course the other day too, um, that there was this company that was advertising and saying, you know, you need to have a mold inspector that actually gets down to the bottom of what's going on. And I remember thinking to myself, well, isn't that what a mold inspector does? Maybe they don't. I don't know. That's, that's the difference between a mold inspector to me versus that restoration company. So make sure you're hiring a company that knows that you want the CSI investigation. Ask them what kind of testing they're going to do. What's the type of testing I love to hate? <laughs> what is it? The Ermi and the Hurts Me? Yep. Yep. And see what kind of stuff they do. And I'm not saying that if they do that, then, oh, they're bad. They're bad mold inspectors. That's that's all matter of opinion. And that's just how I view it. But see what they do. Ask them what kind of equipment that they use. What kind of experience do they have? Did they just go buy a franchise? That doesn't make you a mold specialist. So make sure you're getting from them what you want. You know, we don't go to a cardiologist to see if I have a throat problem. Exactly. You go to a specialist. <laughs> so make sure that the, that specialist is going to give you what you want. And that's what you want. You want somebody that's going to get down to the bottom of things. But here's one thing. And like I said, we haven't talked about it much. And it's something I should that I should remind our listeners about. Document, document, document. Because if you go even to someone like me or to a doctor and you just go, well, I don't know. I'm just sick all the time. You're not giving them any information. Correct. And I'll just look at you and go, well, okay. It's going to probably cost you a lot more money if you have no information to give to me. Because mm-hmm. if you can't give the specialist or the doctor or whoever any information, that we, we only have so much to work with. Like... I have a client that I'm, I have just dealt with, and, and it's funny because I, I told you, this is the best client I've ever had as far as she sent me, I don't even know, 60, 70 pictures. And that tells me she cares enough to give me all that information so that when I do a phone consult, it's a lot easier for me to figure out. Does that make sense? And I guess that's my point is, is you can't just go to your doctor or a mold specialist and expect us to figure it all out if you haven't even done documentation or recorded your, you know, incidents that are going on. So really what you're suggesting is that in general, people keep an indoor air quality journal where they have a notebook, something, whether they put it on notes in their iPhone or Evernote or whatever, where they document, you know, this flooding, the basement flooded on this day, you know, this So that they just keep a a track record of what is going on between moisture intrusion and indoor air quality. So when a mold thing happens, they have a history. Right. And, you know, we live in a society that, that, you know, and I'm, I'm one of them, but I do it for a different reason. I take pictures all the time. You, you see that. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a timestamp. It's on my phone. 
we have people that take selfies and are on social media all the time. You can't tell me you don't have the time to take five minutes out of your day and have a journal. Whether it's your notes on your iPhone, or you handwrite it, take pictures, do something. And people just don't think about it. I mean, it's stuff like I'm looking at icicles right here. And how long have they been there? Uh, weeks. Exactly. Yeah. We pay attention to that yeah. kind of stuff. And if you don't document it, if you have no information to give to the specialist, then don't expect us to give you a whole lot of information. At that point, we have to do more testing. We have to spend more time. Instead of a 90-minute phone consult, you're going to have to pay for another 90-minute. Does that make sense? Exactly. So, so whether, I'm not saying you have to handwrite in a journal, but document it somehow. Then that's not by telling your husband, because if you tell someone like me, I have a terrible memory. <laughs> but do, make sure you document that. And I, like I said, I should I should talk about that more, but make sure you're documenting things. Yeah. So is that the call to action then? You, you know, you want people to increase their level of situational awareness in their home and document those things. Right. And, and you got to make sure you're doing both. Yeah. You can be situationally aware and not documenting anything and go, well, I'm, I guess it's been like that for maybe a year. No, we kind of want to know, was it in January? Was it in February? Then we can say, okay, in February, did we have this flooding event or whatever? So do both. Yeah. So, so both. Situational be, be aware and, and, and document it. Fantastic. All right, everybody, you heard it. Awareness, documentation, do both diligently. We will talk to you in the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.